now I'm joined in the studio once again by Pete the Vet. It's Pete Wedderburn from Gorey Bray Vets who uh, took public transport down here today and he's with us. Good morning to you, Pete. How Good are morning. you? Good morning. Yes, I was on the Wexford bus. It's a, it's a great way to travel, actually, because you, it's got free Wi-Fi on board. You can sit there and do your work, catch up with your emails and Facebook and all that sort of stuff right. while you travel. So I, I And would you that. ever take the train by any, by any chance as well? The, the funny thing about the train from, from North Wicklow is that um, th- there aren't many trains travelling down earlier in the morning because everybody, the, the vast Vast, uh, most people want to go from Wexford to Dublin in the morning, don't they? And so that's how all the trains are geared. And so if you want to come from Dublin area down to Wexford, it's actually quite difficult to get a train to get here at a decent time. But you're here not to discuss trains oh, or yeah. planes or boats or automobiles. You're here to discuss uh, pets. And uh, we're going to look at a number of key areas as well, Pete. Mm. First of all, pets being injured or running away. And that's one area you want to look at now. Well, the thing is, next week's Halloween and... You know, whatever about legality and so on, there are still lots of fireworks going on, um, and pets have very sensitive hearing, um, and they're frightened of of bangs and crashes and um, squeals, as well as the bright flashes of light. So, for that reason, um, every year, the morning after Halloween, there are always endless phone calls to our vet clinics about people who've lost their pets or people who've found pets that have just wandered in. Because pets just, um, when they get a fright, if they're outside, they bolt. And when they bolt, they get lost, and, and there you go. So the, mes- the key message to people is that all pets should be kept indoors at night, over the bank holiday weekend, and then for a few days afterwards over Halloween. Um, and as well as that, um, even if you think you're your garden is secure and even if you think your pet is inside you should still make sure your pet has some sort of ID on them Um, microchip ideally and that's compulsory for dogs now but cats can get them done as well Um, and as well as that um, an ID tag around the neck on the collar if you do that you're far less likely to run into problems Right uh, uh, the whole area of ID and I don't want to diversify for Mm. the main reason you're here like we've recently just seen of a or heard of a a pet being taken from a 10 year old boy outside the supermarket here in Wexford I was talking to the WSPCA during the week as well Mm. up to 30 dogs two found in plastic bags 14 found in Ross Lair I think groups of 6 and 7 found elsewhere in the county and one of the areas that people are concerned is if you have your dog microchipped will the people the perpetrators of these crimes will they try and remove the, the microchips f- from the dog's ears they're, they're normally embedded well, in the ear aren't no, they no microchips are injected in the scruff of the neck I see normally that's where they go um, and I'd say it's I'd say it's impossible to remove them unless you're a vet because you basically would have to cut through the skin and the soft tissues um, and you'd be sort of digging around trying to find this thing, which is really, really hard to do. Um, so I, I can't imagine people could, could do that in a... And a, have you come across it in your own I haven't practice? Come, I've, I've never come across myself. I've never come across somebody with an, an animal with a microchip that's been removed or that somebody's tried to remove, no. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty much tamper-proof and that's the great thing about them. I mean, you're talking about the elements and we're going to focus back into this in a second, but there are other aspects to having a pet as well where they become a target. Uh, and have you advice to give in that area as well? Would your advice be something similar to the WSPCA? Do you mean over the, over over Halloween? Spe- well, no, in gen- general, then we get back yeah. to Halloween. I don't, yes, I don't, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think that people tend to be a bit too relaxed about their dogs. Um, you have to remember a dog is a very valuable possession, not just emotionally valuable to you, but um, potentially financially valuable to other people because they think that they can sell them. Um, they're often mistaken in that, by the way, but they think they can sell them. But also, they think that they can hold the animal to ransom. In other words, they can um, look for a, 
in inverted commas, reward if the dogs return to you. Right. Uh, and so there is some, some, some element of that going on. So what that means is you should treat your dog as if it's something valuable. Now, you wouldn't leave a wallet stuffed with cash on the wall of your, your garden where somebody could pick it up, or you wouldn't leave an expensive camera there. Mm. Yet people do leave their dogs in front gardens where somebody can reach over pick up that small, white, fluffy dog and walk away with it. Um, so you shouldn't do that. You should treat your dog as if it's something valuable. Mm. And that means, you know, um, okay, if you're in the front garden doing work, have the dog with you. But if you're not there, then don't have your dog anywhere where the public can have easy access to it. Right, we're going to go back to the main reason you're here. We're mm. going to take a short commercial break. We're going to stick with Pete Wedderburn, uh, the pet vet. If you would like to contact him uh, or get a message, you can give Karen a call on 53 914 or you can text me here on 87 so you've talked about keeping the pets mm. indoors. Do you want to touch on that area? Well, yeah, but so, so the, the, the first danger at Halloween is pets, you know, running away um, or, or being injured when they're out at Halloween. So obviously keeping them in gets over that one. But the other issue that's very, very common is dogs especially being terrified of fireworks noises yeah. and and um, many dogs have got a phobia about the sound of fireworks and they also become hysterical when, when they hear these things and they hear about dogs sort of running around the house trying to get into cupboards um, chewing things to try to get through doors just generally going berserk and so um, that's because of their sensitive hearing isn't yeah, it? They, is it? They, yeah their hearing is way more sensitive than ours they can hear things like four times away distance wise compared to us um, so, so they, they can hear and the, the thing is that we can rationalise that fireworks noises are fireworks noises. We know what they are, we know they just happen Halloween, we know they're nothing to worry about. Whereas as far as dogs are concerned, um, as far as they're concerned, it, it might herald the beginning of Armageddon, the end of the world or something. They just, as far as they're concerned, they're loud, frightening noises and um, they drive them hysterically upset. So, right. not all dogs, but some dogs. Okay, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to ask you for your solutions because I've heard the word sedative mentioned hmm. when it comes to dealing with fireworks and I'm sure there'll be people a little bit wary of doing that. Um, we're going to take a short break and come back with more from Pete Wedderburn after this. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, Chat news, news and, and your, your views. views. Alan Corcoran. We have some questions coming in in relation to animal problems that I put to Pete if we get a few moments before the end, but we're focusing very much on the big problems at Halloween. Yeah. So we talked uh, before the, the break there about giving them some form of sedative. Yeah. So what do you mean? Well, um, basically you use medicines to anti-anxiety type drugs to make dogs feel less anxious. It's as simple as that. Um, so that they don't um, flatten them, zonk them, make them go to sleep, but they just take the edge off them. Uh, um, and there's very two very powerful effects. First thing is they literally don't feel as worried about things. Mm -hmm. But the second thing that's important is they their memory is blanked. So they don't remember the next morning, they don't remember that they were frightened. And that's really important because one of the big issues here is if dogs have a memory of being frightened by fireworks, it makes them more frightened the next time. Right. So these drugs are very effective. You, you, you do have to get them from your vet. You have to go to, talk, go to your vet, go to your local vet, the vet that your pet's registered with, because the vet has to actually, they has to be a patient of that vet. They have to know your animal. They have to, you, know, you can't just prescribe medicine for an animal that you, you're not, um, isn't under your care. Mm -hmm. 
So talk to your vet about that if your dog is one of these ones that gets anxious. But that's only really part of the, of, of the thing. There's, um, a, there's a quotation attributed to you, uh, maybe to other vets as well, about getting them used to noise. Yes, yes. Um, that's the best answer. It's a long-term answer. But what you can actually do is you can go to the Dogs Trust website and you can download MP3 tracks of fireworks noises. So the idea is you download those tracks, you put them into your sound system and you play the fireworks noises at a very, very low level that doesn't bother your dog. Mm. Um, and, and then you reward your dog for behaving calmly and quietly. And then over time, you gradually increase the volume of the fireworks noises on the sound system. Does that work? It does work. It works yeah. really well. But it works well if you do it many months in advance. So you kind of have to start it around April or May for mm. October. Mm. And you don't do it all the time, but you just now and again put the fireworks noise in at a low level. But So it's, it's too late for people whose dogs are going to get upset next week. But it's a good thing to remember for next springtime. Mm. But more importantly, what they should do over the coming week is they should set up a cosy den in their in their home. So it's maybe a cupboard under the stairs, maybe the boiler room. You, you put... Um, Blinds up so there's no light coming in. Put a loud radio on, playing classical music to drown out any sounds of fireworks. You put a comfortable bed in there with some of your old sweatshirts or t-shirts that you've worn. So a cosy den. Yeah. A cosy den. Yeah. And you can plug into the wall a diffuser. Mm. And there's two types of diffusers that work well. One of them is called Adaptal and it sends out, it fills the atmosphere with pheromones that makes dogs feel calm and relaxed. Mm. And the other one is called Pet Remedy. And what Pet Remedy does is it fills the air with a, a a, a type of herbal um, uh, odor, which makes dogs again just feel a bit less frenzied. Yeah. So those are all. What's this thunder shirt that we're wearing? About? What's a thunder shirt? And a thunder shirt's a new idea, which is basically it looks like a, a, a sort of buff-coloured jacket that zips or velcros onto a dog, uh, um, and. It just looks like a dog coat, but it's applied very tightly, a bit like swaddling clothes in a, in a newborn baby. It goes around the, the dog's body quite tightly, and it gives the dog a sense that it's been hugged, mm. and that makes it feel comforted. And studies have shown that it's a really, really effective way of making dogs just feel less agitated, so it can help a lot. The last thing to say about this is that people shouldn't overreact when their dogs get anxious or agitated because if you immediately give your dog lots of attention when they're like that, they may learn, hmm, if I look anxious, um, my, my owner gives me lots of attention and I like getting loads of attention, yeah. so I'm going to carry on looking anxious. So you can actually end are, up... Are they as clued in as that? Very much so. There's a, actually, there was something in the news last week about this. Dogs, they use their body language to communicate for, with us and to get what they want from us. Hmm. And that can include and looking Pete, anxious. is it only dogs that are affected by fireworks or cats affected by it at all? Um, it's more of a safety issue with cats being out and about. In the, in the home, cats... Are very good themselves are going to find somewhere that's calm and quiet. So they'll they'll you know they'll go up and hide under the bed or something like that if they get agitated. Yeah. Um, they're not then they're not they don't get nearly as upset as dogs though generally. Yeah, a listener just texted my vet informed me of where people have stolen dogs and they have removed the microchip at the cruel and very painful experience to the dog. It's not impossible at all to remove a chip and it is happening out there. That's that's frightening, isn't it? It's very frightening. I mean, I I I actually sometimes I will actually check dogs see can I find the chip yeah. because. Occasionally, yes, you can feel it under the skin, but most of the time you can't because it's deeper in the tissues. So while I could say, okay, maybe some people ha have a go at doing that, it's... it's 
Now, it's you, kind of torture for the animals if they do, you know. You can't watch your dog 24-7, but I think the, the, the point you raised about you wouldn't leave your wallet down, you wouldn't leave your mobile phone or your camera down, hmm. and certainly a dog, if it's a pedigree dog in particular, it's it's a valuable animal, it's a valuable asset, yes. uh, and so you got to be careful. But you can't stay with them 24-7. No. So company for the dog, it's impossible, isn't it? Um, it, it is. Um, most dogs do learn to be by themselves a bit, uh, but if, if, if you're going to be out all day, if it does be on their own all day, well, really, you shouldn't have a dog, I'm afraid. Do you know? They, they do need company. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why doggy daycare centres have become so popular, because dogs love socialising, and so uh, if you can't be with your dog in the daytime, well, then take them to a local doggy daycare centre and they can we'll, mix We'll come back to round off this, just the key points, as mm. we close off our chat with you in a few moments' time. Mm. But now, you want to talk a little bit about flat-faced dogs as opposed to fat-faced dogs. Flat-faced dogs such as pugs and bulldogs. Yes, this is this is something which is becoming more and more of an issue. Um, those breeds, you've mentioned pugs, bulldogs, French bulldogs, they're increasingly popular. If you look at the, the, the levels of different breeds that are kept, dogs like Labradors, uh, Spaniels, um, Collies, they're becoming less popular and the flat-faced breeds... Um, are becoming the trendy thing. And so if you look at the number of dogs that are registered, there's way, way more of those registered these days than the other dogs. That's partly because celebrities tend to own these. They're kind of like handbag dogs, and they've got very appealing expressions and very comical personalities. So so people like them a lot, and I, and I can understand that. But the problem is that they've been designed for their appearance. People have bred them, so they have this cute face. And the problem with the cute face, though, is that the, the nose has been squashed from being an, from being an elongated muzzle projecting forwards from their, from their face and, and letting air in. It's become a snub nose that is so flat, with the nostrils so pinched, and all the tissues inside the throat all squashed up. It means that a lot of them have a great deal of difficulty breathing. Okay. Uh, it's almost become normal. If you see one of these breeds, you'd almost expect that it'll have a kind of... Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Breathing. Yeah. But that's not normal. It's just because we got used to it. But worse than that, some of them actually collapse because they can't... If it gets, it's a hot day, or if they're exercising heavily, they can't get enough oxygen, and they fall over on their side, and they collapse. And they then have to have surgery on their throat and nose to get everything widened. Mm. Um, I know one little dog called Peanut who actually had to have a tracheostomy put in, a permanent hole in his throat to bypass his nose because he just couldn't breathe otherwise. So there's, a, there's, there's been calls this week, people are saying these, these breeds should be completely banned um, and you know people shouldn't be allowed to breed them anymore. I think that's too extreme. I think they should be able to breed more moderate versions that have got slightly longer noses and, and a better way of breathing. Um, so there's lots of pressure on the powers that be, you know, the kennel clubs and so on, to change the breed standards so that, you know, the people are no longer looking for these flat-faced dogs, they're more looking for dogs that have got a bit of a muzzle so they, they, they look cute but they can still breathe properly and that's what the aim is. I think we've time for one of the listeners' questions. I have a mm-hmm. Jack Russell. His two front legs are not straight. They literally at the knee meet, and then his two paws go out the other way. Uh, he's not sore when he touches them, but runs all the time, no bother. What would you think that is? Well, that's a, a common slight deformity that some little terriers are prone to. Um, and it's, it's, it's inherited to some extent. It's, it's from the way you know people want little, little cute dogs, and so sometimes... It, as, as the breeding aims to get small legs, the legs actually get a bit squint at the same time. Um, so it, it is difficult. In extreme cases, dogs like that 
actually have to have surgery on their legs to get the bones straightened out. Right. You know, but so, um, so that bring, would be bring, rare. Bring it to the vet. If you're worried, you should take that to your vet. But yeah. a lot of dogs, a lot of little dogs do a slightly squinty legs. And I, I am, I've got about a minute and a half left and I'm going mm. to give you the last minute just to, to, to can, you know, summarise what you've said about the Halloween season. A listener who says they have a German shepherd, uh, need her spade, but can't afford it as they are currently on social welfare. Yeah, around the country there are, there are different schemes to help people who need help with spaying. Um, you should talk to your local animal rescue groups um, and call your vet and ask your vet are there any um, are there any schemes in your immediate area um, there's always ways this can be done the other thing is that vets will often allow payment schemes you know so you pay some at the time and some later on right. it is big surgery though um, having the uterus removed is a, it's a huge operation especially for a big dog like a German Shepherd so it's, it's, it's not g- it's Gory Bray Vet Centre that's where you're from isn't it right Pete? Gory Bray Vet yeah we're okay. at um, Amber Springs Hotel in Gory right, right you've, you've, you've 45 seconds summarise it then what people need to do in the build up to Halloween the key thing is make sure that you keep your pets in over the coming weekend and over Halloween make sure that they have an ID tag around their neck as well as being microchipped and as well as that if you know your dog's going to get anxious and upset, then do go to your vet this week to ask them about sedatives or tranquilizers to make it easier for them. And as well as that, set up a nice cosy den where your dog can chill out over the Halloween period so they can enjoy it as much as you. Enjoy your bus trip back. Thanks for joining us. Pete thoroughly enjoyed the chat with you this morning. You've given a lot of really good advice and look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you very much. Pete Weatherburn there uh, and hopefully top tips for people to enjoy a safer Halloween for themselves and their pets. We're back with lots more on your Thursday edition of the Morning Mix tomorrow. 